This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Yeah, you come to me today. You want some Parmesan? Yeah, I'll get you some Parmesan. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. 25-20, 15-10, 5 snowshoes, touchdown, Kansas City! According to Jim, is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. It's over! The Bullpups have knocked off Bishop the Age! And for the ninth time in school history, the Bullpups stand atop the state of Kansas! Everything happening in the sports world. Oh! oh are you serious? Slam jam back! Get him ready for the NBA Duncan Contest! And even some things not happening in the sports world. So, you're saying you will not watch any episodes of The Bachelor this year? I think I'd rather have a tooth pull. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM, KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson, Steve Sell. Steve, are you ready for another fun week of state tournament basketball? It doesn't get any better than state tournament basketball week. Maybe besides the NCAA tournament Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of that opening weekend, as you heard the March Madness song behind us. I figured it's March. we got to keep the theme rolling back behind us as we begin this show this week. We are bummed that it will not be two McPherson teams making the trip to Emporia coming up over the weekend, but it will be one McPherson team, and that is the Bullpup Girls, who are the top seed on the 5A girls' side of things. The boys ended up losing on Saturday afternoon in Wichita against Bishop Carroll. But the girls had an awesome win on Friday night inside the Roundhouse as they beat Carroll 53-32. And Coach Strathman didn't make this out to be a small effort by his team. And he said this might be their best effort and the most intense effort that he has seen from his team ever with their win on Friday night. Yeah, especially on the defensive end. I mean, defensively, they were just absolutely lights out. You look at a Bishop Carroll team with... Two girls are going to play at the NCAA Division II level next year. Uh, probably first-team 5A All-Staters, and the Bullpups just totally shut them down. Uh, it was 11-0 at the outset, and basically, uh, you hate to say it, but the game was basically over at that point. Bullpups never let Carroll have any semblance of a chance. They just suffocated them at every turn. And if the Bullpups uh, make some layups and a couple wide-open threes, this could have been a running clock. Seriously, this could have been a running clock game. That's how dominant they were. Against a very good Bishop Carroll girls team. Yeah. they well, were. State- let's not act like that was a bad team. They were the state runner-up last year to have everybody back but one player. It was a really fun night on Friday night, which set up things for the McPherson girls to make their trip to state. 24 out of the last 27 seasons, the Bullpup girls will play in the state tournament. We'll get back to that here in just a moment. On the boys' side, Saturday afternoon, they just ran into a really good Bishop Carroll team, the reigning 5A state champions, and they had a few chances to get back into the game. They had a few chances to cut the lead to single digits, but it just felt like every time that they needed a break to go their way, they didn't get that break. The ball would bounce out of bounds. They'd lose a ba- uh, they'd lose a possession underneath. They'd get a turnover, then turn it right back over when they had an easy layup. 
it was just a frustrating game for the boys because they couldn't get that one final break to go their way. Well, in the third quarter, I think they came up with a turnover on three separate occasions and didn't even get a shot off of it. They had the fast break, threw it out of bounds or uh, had it deflected or something like that. They just it, and it, you know, a typical a typical play in the game was Carroll throws up an absolute brick, doesn't even hit the rim, but it comes off the backboard so hard. It hits a bullpup player right in the hands, drops out, goes right to a Carroll player for a, you know just a point-blank layup. There were a lot of opportunities in that game that they had chances to keep it close, especially early on, and then early on in the second half, but it just wasn't their day. And we saw a very good Bishop Carroll team on the boys' side who I think has got a great chance to keep this run going this week in Emporia. So, Steve, let's take a run through the brackets here at 5A and where teams will be playing, what time they will be playing with all of that coming up this week at White Auditorium. We're looking forward to this trip as the girls will play on Wednesday, the boys on Friday. On the girls' side, or excuse me, the boys on Thursday, on the girls' side on Wednesday, McPherson opens up the state tournament and will take on Topeka Seaman at 3 o'clock. Then the game in their half of the bracket that will follow their game at 445, St. Thomas Aquinas, the three-time defending state champions, taking on May South, who is the five seed, but has not lost a game on the court this year. They ended up having to forfeit five games due to an ineligible player. They've got that player back. It's been a crazy ordeal. We talked about it a little bit last week, and all that news broke on Friday night. So May South takes on St. Thomas Aquinas. Then on the other half of the bracket, Goddard will take on Blue Valley Southwest. That will be the 6:30 game in Emporia, and then Kansas City Schlegel will take on Wichita Heights at 8:15 on Wednesday night. Well, what this does, this absolute travesty, mess, whatever, May South. It's not a travesty, but this mess. It, it was mess is a good it, word. Mess is a good word. It's not a travesty because you know it, they 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 got it handled and they you know it's all taken care of now. But what it did is it put the three best teams arguably on the same side of the bracket, and it put. St. Thomas Aquinas has won the last three state championships. Really good again this year. Did you know that St. Thomas Aquinas has been to 25 consecutive state tournaments? Were you aware of that? I was not. 25 consecutive almost, state tournaments. That's almost as good as 24 or 27. I, I would probably say better. It's per, really percentage good. Percentage-wise it is. But this May South Aquinas game, if you know, if the bracket would have been set you know, the way you thought it would be, a lot of people would say, well, maybe that's going to be the championship game. Of course, I still think the Bullpups, if the Bullpups play the way they did against Carroll, they will win the state tournament. I believe so, too. Defensively, they were just off the charts. And, you know, defensively, they've been pretty good most of the year. And uh, when you look at the other teams in the state, Goddard, uh, there's been some skepticism about their record. They have two losses, but both of them are to May South. Right. Ironically. Yeah, and there's been some skepticism about maybe they're not quite as good as their record. Uh, the Heights, it's Heights and Schlegel, I believe. Is yes. Right? And that'll That's the be late a, game. That'll be a run and gun, really get up the court, you know, athletic type of game. Uh, you couldn't have really, you know, a better group of teams at the state tournament. It, it is really, really loaded. And we'll preview what McPherson on the girls' side will have to do this week throughout this week, where they're taking on a Topeka Seaman team that has won eight games in a row. They beat Emporia in their sub-state opener, then turned around and beat DeSoto in their sub-state finals. They played Emporia four times this year, twice in league play in the Centennial League, once in a midseason tournament, 
and then again in the postseason. So we'll talk a little bit about Topeka Seaman. On the boys' side, Steve, on Thursday in those opening rounds at 5A, this is a loaded, loaded field. The first game, Mays, who's the top seed and has not lost this year, taking on St. James at 3 o'clock. Then a game that I'm really looking forward to watching, Andover Central taking on Pittsburgh and a team that has so many great athletes in the 4 versus 5 game. That's at 445. Bonner Springs, who's been very good this year, taking on Bishop Carroll. Bishop Carroll is the 7 seed right. at the 5A state tournament. Right. And they are good. Right. And they are the defending state champions. That's at 630. And then the 815 game on Thursday night is another game that I think will be extremely good. Baser Linwood, who's 19-2. and two. I believe their two losses are to some of the better teams in the state. I think one of them might have been Washburn Rural. And then Salina Central. And Salina Central is really good, too. They picked up a, a big-time upset against Wichita Heights over the weekend. So this 5A state tournament in Emporia is absolutely loaded. Yeah. And I know that the boys will not be playing on Thursday, and I know that there might be some McPherson fans that had already booked their hotel rooms and were ready to go, but you might need to make the trip over on Thursday to watch the 5A boys state tournament opening round because it is going to be loaded. Well, I'm just curious... In the Andover Central game on Saturday, Xavier Bell, their star, who had, what, 28 against the Bullpups, I think, something like that. Yeah, a like lot of that. that in the second half, too. And I think he got ejected right at the end of the game. He did. And I don't know. Now, in the KCAC, you have to sit out the next game. I think he's got to complete, like, a sportsmanship, some kind of sportsmanship. Now, he was deal. not ejected a straight ejection. It was a double technical Oh, ejection. is that what it was? That okay. I think he had picked up his second technical foul of the game. Okay. So it wasn't a, a straight ejection. It wasn't a flagrant? Right. Okay. Okay. But but still, he was ejected. So I think he still has to complete like a sportsmanship uh, course or something like that. So uh, I, I'm not sure what he did. I did, you know, I, I haven't found a real game story on it to see what he did. You might have seen oh, it. Oh, I've seen it. Have you seen the game story? Yeah, or? he dunked on a guy from May South with about five seconds left and pushed the guy off of him. Okay. There, there's a nice write-up by Hayden Barber of the okay. Wichita Eagle. Okay. And the video's there. And then Carroll, like you say, Carroll to me looked like they could have beat anybody. The way they played against the Bullpups, they shoot the ball great. They handle the ball great. They were a more athletic team on Saturday. I thought that was a big difference. They just always seem to be a step ahead of the Bullpups. And remember, this is a McPherson team. It's really not blessed. It wasn't blessed with great quickness. They had great skill, but they didn't have the quickness of Carroll. And uh, who, who did you say Carroll played in the first round? Carroll's going to play Bonner Springs, who's 20-2. and two. Okay. And a lot of people like Bonner Springs. A lot of, you know, there's, like you say, there's just great games up and down the ladder. Steve, I know that a lot of people have brought this up. We haven't had a show since this happened, but the McPherson teams, I think especially on the boys' side, would really love to be at the 4A level this year. Oh, boy. And one of those big reasons was the upset of the year happened in the sub-state finals on Friday night with the mighty, mighty blue comets of Chanute going up to Kansas City and beating Bishop Miege on the boys' side on their home court. Now, the Miege girls, yeah, buzzer beater. They were down one. They made a little layup in the lane to take the lead and win. The Miege girls are undefeated, and they will be the number one seed in 4A, and that might have been a tough task to deal with, but the McPherson boys, I think, are really wishing that they could be at the 4A state tournament. I said in my column day, when's the last year that the McPherson boys and Miege boys were both 
watching the state tournament as spectators and not as participants. I bet we could find it. Yeah. Now, remember, the Miege boys had a stretch where they weren't very good. They are not the same as the girls. depth of program as the girls. Right. Yeah, the Miege boys, I mean, I think they've won like maybe four. Well, they won three in a row, and I think only maybe four or five overall. Now, yeah. the Miege girls, I mean, they've been legendary. Well, they've just won a few state championships, just 20. Yeah, 20. Steve, I put together some numbers for the McPherson girls in terms of the state basketball tournament coming up this week. And a lot of this was done by Carol Swenson. He sent me their big document, and I was able to go through it and see where McPherson ranks in comparison to every other girls' basketball team at the state tournament. And their numbers look great. They've This will be their 32nd state tournament. They've been to 21 Final Fours. They've been in the state championship game 15 times. Nine state championships on the girls' side. They've won 48 games at the state tournament. And all of that ranks second. To you know who. To Bishop Miege. Exactly. So, well, let's put this into perspective of how good the McPherson girls' basketball program has been. Bishop Miege has been to 36 state tournaments. McPherson, 32. 36 out of what I would assume is maybe 45 sanctioned girls' basketball state tournaments. Mm-hmm. I would think it's right around there where it probably started in, what, the mid-70s? Early 70s, I think. I think it was 73, maybe. And they've had pretty much the same coach for that entire stretch. They have had. He's the only coach in the program history. They are 33-3 and three in their opening round games, meaning they've been to 33 Final Fours, while the McPherson girls have been to 21. They're second. And Miege has been to 33. State championship game appearances. Miege has been to 26 state championship games of about the 45 that have been possible, 20 state championships like we mentioned. And Coach Stratham made a comment a couple months ago, I think it might have been at their banquet at the end of last year, saying if they had not beaten Bishop Miege in overtime last year and found a way to come back after Steve's dagger call, that Miege would have won a fifth consecutive state championship last year and with the rest of the crew that they have back for the next couple of oh, years... this is going to be the most lopsided 4A girls tournament in the history. And the, the thing on the 4A girls side is there are so many good teams, but he said if they would not have won, that this might have been a eight- or nine-year reign for Bishop Miege. And one game that I'm sure the old-timers, like myself, remembers one of the... Yeah, g- happy birthday, Steve, from Saturday. Well, yeah. but You keep moving up to be an old-timer. Well, I'm... I go from old to older timer. What's the age that you become an old timer? Uh, I got about three more years for him. Oh, old. then you'll be real yeah. old. But uh, a lot of people don't remember. You know, we talk about uh, the impossible game from last year, but you got to look back to 1981 when the bullpups. One of my favorite years. Yeah, yeah. You were 14 years removed from being on the planet. <laughs> but in 1981, the bullpups played Miege for the championship, and it was much the same scenario the year before the bullpups had played Miege for the state championship and lost by 39 Ooh, yeah and they had a lot of those same players back the following year but mcpherson beat Miege 57 49 and then beat them again the next year in the semis if i recall or no maybe it was cape and they beat but but anyway it was definitely 81 they beat them 57 49 for the championship and that was to me that, that blew that that was mind-blowing back then do you remember where that game was played Emporia. That's where they get to go this week, back to where it all started. And that's what makes this trip so exciting. We will preview the state tournament all this week. The other most important thing happening this week is the final week of Big 12 regular season play. 
and who will win the Big 12 regular season title is on the line this week. Steve, we'll take a break and talk about your Kansas Jayhawks, the K-State Wildcats, and how everybody fared over the weekend. We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Jim Joyner, Steve Sell. Steve, you and I were making the drive down to Wichita on Saturday afternoon while your Kansas Jayhawks were hanging there in the graphs of their Big 12 regular season streak. It was right there waiting for it to be snapped. Oklahoma State was feeling good. They've been basement dwellers all year, had a chance at the big upset, and as they went to the under four timeouts, Steve turned to me and said, no chance. No, no chance they can no win chance. this game. No chance. And I said, oh, come on, Steve. You know they're going to win. And they did. They beat the Cowboys on the road. Quentin Grimes, Steve's favorite player, made a huge three, really gave them the separation they needed. I, I, don't, I don't know if Oklahoma State scored the last three minutes of the game. It was an 8-0 run in the game. So a big win for Steve's Jayhawks to keep pace with everything going on in the Big 12. K-State had a great win at home over Baylor. It doesn't look like it's quite as good of a win with just the score, 66-60. But K-State was up like 15. Right. And I was watching the last five minutes of the game, and I went, okay, they got this. And I looked away for a couple minutes, and I get back, and they're up by four. <laughs> I'm going, what are they doing? Well, when, Baylor almost came all the way back. When Dean Wade's playing like he did on Saturday. Dean a, Wade was awesome. Dean Wade was really on his game Saturday. And when he plays like that, they're pretty tough to beat. Did you see his big one-handed dunk? He had a couple big dunks in that game. I haven't seen him get up like that this year. Yeah, yeah. He's And that foot, you know. He learned been, that from that high school coach of his. Yeah, exactly. He showed him how to dunk. Yeah, the cowboy. But, uh, you know, Dean looked like the Dean Wade that was picked player of the year in the preseason. And yeah. Really, and, and really looked outstanding in that game. The other team that is in the race is Texas Tech, and they won at TCU in dominating fashion, 81-66. to So here are the games that'll, that are going to be played this week for those top three teams as they're all trying to fight and find a way to win the regular season championship. Tonight, two of those three teams play. Texas Tech is at home to take on Texas. The Wildcats on the road at TCU, and a loss for them tonight would make things very interesting for the rest of the week. And then on Tuesday night, KU will make the trip down to Norman, then on Saturday, KU's at home to take on Baylor on Senior Day. Texas Tech is at Iowa State. And Kansas State is home to take on Oklahoma. So Texas Tech and K-State are both at 12-4. and KU is at 11-5. and Baylor, I guess, technically is still in the race. Right. They're two games back, but they nobody's can, they really... They can share if everybody else just absolutely falls apart. So, Steve, how do you see this week playing out? Let's go through it game by game. Texas Tech at home against Texas. Texas is 8-8 eight eight in conference play, just over 500 overall. Texas Tech wins that one. You feel really confident feel really, about them winning. Feel really comfortable. What about K-State at TCU tonight? Scary. 
Uh-oh. Very scary. Steve has been the biggest K-State fan all year, but and the look on his face right now, if you're a Wildcat fan, might make you a little nervous. I'm scared about this game if I'm a K-Stater because it's a quick turnaround. Dean Wade, of course, with the foot injury. Big Monday. Have to, it's it's on the road uh, on that crazy-looking floor that they got. And Jamie Dixon, big Jamie Dixon. Oh, yeah, big. With, J- it, with his arms waving yeah. behind the basket. Uh, this game's – somehow I just got a feeling K-State's going to find a way, but I think it's going to – Go right down to the end. So I need a prediction. So are you, are you saying K-State's going to win or are they going to lose tonight? K-State's going to win. Okay. So that would mean Texas Tech and K-State would have won. KU and Norman. Nope. On Tuesday. Nope. You have no faith? No faith. No faith in the Jayhawks? They can't. They they had to pull out a game against a, a depleted Oklahoma State game uh, or Oklahoma State team. KU on the road at Norman. They've had some troubles down there in the past. Yeah, but they don't have Yudoka Azabuki to foul. Yeah, but they can't hack a doke. I just I I like Oklahoma in that game. Oklahoma six and ten in the Big Twelve. TCU's also six and ten in the Big Twelve. So and Joey Brackets has Lenardi. He has OU and TCU both in the turn. He has eight of the ten Big Twelve teams right now. In See, the I think that's crazy. I think it is too. OU is not a NCAA tournament team. Neither is TCU this year. Now the thing that I think helps the Big 12 is that there isn't that other dominant league where I don't know if the Pac-12 is going to get more than two people oh, in boy, that's... because the Pac-12 is so weak. Yeah. You look at the Big East, Marquette and Villanova are both tournament teams that are locks. Georgetown is 500 in the Big East mm-hmm. and they're 18 and 11. St. John's. There's going to be a lot of... Uh, there are not many teams coming out of There's a lot of mediocre... Conferences this year, of course, the ACC is going to get, God, how many are they? Ten. And the Big Ten is good too. Yeah, there, there are eight-ish teams that can Big make ten it in there are, too. The ACC may get ten in. The ACC has the number two, the number three, the number four, the number fourteen, and the number fifteen teams. Then you've got some programs like Syracuse, Louisville. You've got North Carolina State lingering around. Clemson has a chance to get in. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Nine ACC teams will probably get in. Yeah. And maybe that's a part of the reason why Joey Brackets is seeing it that way. But when I compare this Big 12 to really any of the last decade, it feels like it is the most average Big 12 year I can remember. Weakest year in the Big 12 for at least 10 years. And that's why KU possibly not winning the Big 12 this year. That's why it was such a surprise. Yeah, this was supposed to be – this was the one year they said, well, this is the one year KU should just blow through, and which I found kind of crazy considering they lost almost everybody and they were going to start two freshmen. And obviously, you know, one of the freshmen didn't live up to the hype. The other one's been better than advertised. But they didn't – of course, people didn't know they'd lose Azabuki right out, you know, basically 10 games into the season. So, Steve, we haven't played out the final stretch of this week in terms of Big 12 games. So, we've said Monday and Tuesday, let's say KU wins okay. at Oklahoma. I know that okay. you, you think that's impossible for them to go into the state of it's Oklahoma and win on the road. It's not impossible. So, let's say they all three win their first game this week. Okay. So, that would mean that Texas Tech and K-State both have a one-game lead. That would mean that if either Texas Tech or K-State won, if they win both games this week, they could do nothing worse than share. Where if K-State wins both, and if KU does not, even if, if K-State just wins both, they get a share. If Texas Tech wins both, they get a share. At the worst. Saturday, KU at home against Baylor. They take care of business. I think that's a scary game. It is, but I think they take care of business. They they haven't lost a senior game in like 
Yeah, but they have no seniors. Why do they care? Why are they inspired for Senior Day? Is, are there any seniors on the team? Well, Gerald Vick. Well, he's not even around. Exactly. I think he's the only one. Exactly. Yeah. There are no seniors. They're managers. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll get them out there and there give the go. speech. Yeah. And then the other game, the other two games, Texas Tech at Iowa State. Texas Tech does not have an easy road this week. Hilton Magic is going to come through. Then the game that might have KU streak in the balance. Oklahoma going to K-State in Manhattan on K-State Senior Day where they've got 350 seniors on their roster. Is there any chance K-State loses at home on Saturday? No. So you feel like K-State's going to win both this week? I'm going to – I pick K-State. I'm saying K-State wins it outright. They're going to win both this week. Texas Tech and KU are going to split. So you're thinking it will be Titletown, Manhattan, lifting the trophy. Been a lot – well, it's – they won. They shared it back in like 2003 or four with KU. They shared it in like 2013 with KU too. Did they? Okay. That was the year where KU beat them twice in the regular season, and I believe in the in the conference tournament. But KU lost to a bunch of other teams, and K State pretty much only lost to KU. So I think they shared it that right. year. But they haven't won one outright. Have they ever won a Big Twelve oh, title yeah. outright? Sure, sure they have. Big, had, t- Big 12? Oh, Big 12. Exactly. No, no. no. They've it's won only been big, since like 1996. They won, they won Big 8, but they have, I don't think they've won a Big 12. So this could be one heck of a week for K-State. If Steve, if Steve sees it playing out and as K-State it could. And K-State better do it this year because Bruce Weber better do some serious recruiting after this season because there's not much. He's got Xavier Sneed, my man, X-Man Sneed, and not much else coming back. Let's play out one more scenario, Steve. Let's say K-State loses tonight. Okay. Possible. Let's say KU wins. Okay. In Norman. Okay. So that means that they would be even and then Texas Tech has jumped up ahead if they win against Texas. Right. If it comes down to K-State having to win at home when they know KU's lurking behind them, do you think they can get it done? Yes. Do you think they they even care what KU's doing? KU's the team they don't want to share it with. No. They do not want to share it with KU. I don't think I don't think K-State would have any problem sharing it with Texas Tech. I don't think, you know. Yeah, Chris Beard, nice guy. Yeah, but KU, ugh, they don't want to share it with KU. No, no, no. All right, Steve, one more break. We're back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, the NFL draft combine was going on this weekend. Did you pay much attention to it? No. You, you don't you don't care what people's 40-yard dash times are? No. What about bench press? No. Your guy Alex Barnes, though, from, from K-State from Pittsburgh. I heard, I heard. He put up like 35 reps at 225 on the bench press. Put Jacob File up against him. Jacob File, powerlifting state champion. Yeah. Callie Jost, I bet she could take him on. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you don't care about the Combine at all? No. Would you ever have any interest in going to watch it live? No. 
Meat Why not? Market. Meat market. Meat market? What do you mean? Yeah, it's just a meat market. For e- elaborate here, Steve. Uh, they just go, they they prod and they push and they just, you know, they put all these guys through a battery of silly, see how high they can, you know, if they can jump one-eighth inch higher than the other guy next to them. I, I just find it, I find it a waste of my time. So you are not, you, you don't rely on the combine at all. You're just more of what you can do when you play football. Film tells the story as far as the I'm tape concerned. tells the story the tape. go to the tape go to the videotape now what if there are people that you don't know as much about what if they only played one year go to the videotape what if that year it, it's not that great but they've got all this potential and they think it could be there that's and then, why, then they go put up that's why 60 reps at that, 225 that's why player personnel guys get paid the big bucks so you have no interest in watching montez sweat the defensive lineman from Mississippi State run a four four one forty. Good for him. What do you? What kind of forty do you think you could have run back in your blur days? In my blur days, yeah. Oh, surely a four six or seven. Oh, I I was thinking four five. If I didn't pull a hammy, that's true. I was never a very fast person. I moved well, but I was not fast. Mm-hmm. No, no speed. Yeah. Basketball was a little better for me because it was quick movements. I'm just lightning quick. But yeah, no, no speed. Well, I have know, no I, top end. You know, speed. I was supposed to race the bus at, at one time. When was that? When I pulled my hammy. This year, or when? When was that? No, I've had a pull hammy for like six years. That's what I figured. Yeah. <laughs> what are we gonna do without the bus, Steve? Oh, I don't know. I think we need to get him on at halftime in one of the state games next week. Well, he'd, I'm sure he'd be very articulate. We need we need to give him the rundown and let him go through the X's and O's and say, okay, here's what the girls need to do. Yeah. It's going to be a really, really fun week in Emporia. Well, I'm sure the BOIs will be up there. Everybody will be there. Oh, yeah, we'll be there. I just get the feeling that Wednesday afternoon, it's the perfect day to say, well, let's shut up shop for the day and, and remember, make the way over. I think the kids start spring break like at 1230. That day? That day. Because there's no school Thursday and Friday from my understanding. How convenient. Well... They they plan that pretty well. Every How year. convenient. Every year during state basketball. They week. just have a feeling. Yeah. I get the feeling that you'll be able to drive down Main Street on Wednesday afternoon and you'll see the cardboard signs in the window that says, gone to state, mm-hmm. Emporia bound. Tur- last person turned the lights out. Yeah. Well, and the, and the other thing is, if the Bullpups win on Wednesday, they play at 3 o'clock on Friday also. Right. So, kind of a bummer for the people that can't get off work. So, but it's it's the best thing ever if you're trying to get off work and yeah. you need something else to do. There you go. You'll yeah. just be able to listen to the radio throughout your work day. You bet. All right, Steve, tomorrow on the show we will preview the state tournament. We'll go very in-depth. We'll probably talk a little bit about K-State and their game tonight against TCU. We'll do all that tomorrow. And one other thing I do want to say, we got our numbers for midkansasonline.com, our website today. Steve's never been more excited. Record numbers. Highest number of hits we've ever had. Woo-woo! Yeah. So the most hits we have ever had and just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. MidKansasOnline.com, that's where it's at. Just call him Pete Rose, the hits leader. Steve oh, no, Sell. don't call me Pete Rose. Start gambling. <laughs> well, you got, got the bullpups in their line. <laughs> All right, wrapping up today's show. For Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM. 
KBBE.